This is a Color Pencil Podcast, session number 52. Welcome to Sharpened Artist, a colored pencil podcast where we discuss in detail all things in and around colored pencils and the colored pencil artist. And now your hosts, Lisa Clow and John Middick. Hello, my name is John Middick, and I am joined by my co-host, Lisa Clow of Lockery Fine Art. What's up, Lisa? I don't have an answer to that. That was not what Nothing's I was expecting up. you to say. <laughs> How are you? I am good. How are that you? That is great. I, I'm never Four better. videos recorded today, so it is an awesome day. Ah, wow. Or edited, good, I should say. Wow, that's a good day. Very, yes. uh, very productive. Oh, boy, I got a lot done today, too. Um, but I feel kind of scattered. I'm hoping that uh, I don't feel scattered through this recording. I don't think I will. So, well, this <laughs> well, is a show. Helps. That's right. This is a show about the art of colored pencil, where we discuss tips, techniques, shortcuts, and all the nitty gritty of this medium that we love so much. So what are we talking about today, Lisa? We are going to be talking about steps you can take to improve your drawing accuracy. I think this is a real important topic. Because when you decide that you want to improve on your drawing, um, it's not a matter of just sitting down and saying, okay, I'm going to improve, so I'm going to just draw. But you have to think about clearly define some of the steps that you're going to take to get from point A to point B. And so one of the things about that is you have to evaluate where you are right now and kind of have a roadmap of where you want to go. Okay, so I guess we'll just go through some of these tips, Lisa. So one thing in particular is if there if you're drawing something and ellipses always do this to me uh, for whatever reason I'm trying to uh, draw a circle my mind wants to draw a circle every time so if I'm drawing an ellipse one of that's something that's very difficult sometimes and so one of the things that always helps is if I'm not quite getting that particular angle if it's difficult for my mind to recognize that and to translate that on the paper, then just get out some tracing paper. This always helps me. And trace that uh, on, you know, right there on your reference drawing, on your reference photo. And it just creates this muscle memory. And if you do that enough times, uh, then it will kind of get in your, in your head. And like I said, it's just, it's muscle memory is what it is. Yeah. Um, but that will in turn also help with your freehand drawing skills. And I know a lot of people, I, I don't know about a lot, but there are some artists that will say and poo-poo the idea of using tracing paper to, uh, and say that, you know, how that doesn't improve your, your freehand drawing skills. But I, I really think that it does. And if you're I've thinking firsthand what it does, yeah. it absolutely well, does. I know I've it been did teaching for, me. for what, 17 years and teaching that method. And I have seen people improve so much by tracing. So those who kind of freak out about that, it's because they don't have the experience. They don't actually know what learning by tracing can and can't do for you. But I have seen it improve so, or so many students improve by using those techniques. Now, one of the, one of the other things I wanted to say about that before we um, left that particular item, not only with uh, shapes in general, but also with perspective, uh, this this kind of thing can happen. 
And particularly when you're talking about doing a portrait, one of the things that happens if you have a slight head tilt or there's an angle, a little slight offset angle to the to the head, and it's not just straight, full-on, straight uh, head that you're drawing, then our tendency is to draw those eyes straight and horizontal anyway. And, you know, it's just something that is in in our head. And if we're not careful, we'll even put the eyes maybe on the same level as one another, you know, completely parallel to one another when actually they should be angled and they should be – one should be higher and one should be lower than the other. Our mind wants to tell us, no, let's make those levels, make them both the same. And when we do that, then essentially what we're doing is – we're, we're creating the, the illusion there on the paper then that one eye is actually higher than the other. So a good thing to do with that is go ahead and tilt the drawing and the reference, keep those in the same orientation, and tilt those the same weights until they're completely square and in front of you where the head doesn't look like it's tilted as much if your uh, reference photo lends itself to doing that. And that, that always kind of helped me. And then tracing anyway, it's going to force you to start noticing details you didn't notice before. Mm -hmm. Let's say you're drawing the detail of an eye. There is a lot going on inside of an eye. Most people, when they get started, you know, they draw the upper eyelid, the bottom eyelid, the iris, the pupil, done. There's a lot more inside there than just that. Understanding where the eyelashes start. That's a big thing. I can't tell you how many people put the eyelashes coming out of the eyeball itself. Yeah, it's really scary. If you scary can start you forcing yourself to trace things, I mean, there's just so much that goes on all over the face. Mm-hmm. If you're tracing it, even if you don't want your end product to be traced, um, right. which the, I am a firm believer there is nothing wrong with doing either. Well, me but too. if let's say you want to just use tracing to practice, start teaching yourself to notice details you didn't notice before. It really does make a difference in getting you your freehanding skills to jump forward just it's a huge it makes a huge difference. Yeah, it really does. So my next tip would be one that doesn't make people happy. They ask me, I'm asked this all the time. What should I do to improve my drawing skills? You should practice. Mm-hmm. I know that seems oversimplified, but it really does boil down to practicing. If you're not spending time doing it, you're mm-hmm. not going to magically get better. You have to practice and you have to fail. There's going to be a lot of yep. failures. Don't beat yourself up over those. I, I really wish I had some photos of some of my earlier portraits. Actually, I do somewhere and they're hilarious. But point is, you're going to fail a lot and that's part of the process. But you have to keep going. You have to keep practicing. Next, always start with a good reference photo. If you have a reference photo and it's out of focus or you have something in the reference photo that you're saying to yourself, I I don't really like that, but, you know, I'll fix that when I start drawing it, um, chances are you're going to really struggle with that portion of it. Uh, If you can't see the person's eyes in the photo, if you're probably not going to be drawing those very accurately, Uh, if there's something else that's fuzzy and you really need that detail to be able to see it, to render it correctly, if you don't start with that good in-focus reference photo that you can zoom in on if you need to, then chances are you're not going to be able to overcome that when you start drawing. And and you're just kind of setting yourself up for failure. Uh, which kind of goes back to just a quick point about what you just mentioned, Lisa, and that is that when you're practicing, you know, you've got to you've, you've make some effort in practicing 
um, practicing in a good way. You know, don't don't practice things that that will um, uh, just frustrate you and and make you fail. You know that yeah. that's not the point. But try to improve. But try to set yourself up for success from the very beginning. And when you're improving, you know, when you're thinking like that, I'm going to improve in my drawing skills. Then. You know, you want to you want to try to to classify that and or qualify that rather, and try to think about you know how you're going to improve. Maybe it's um I don't know maybe it's a dimension. Maybe you're struggling with that. A very good reference book for that is drawing from square one to Trafalgar Square, and that that book in particular is very good at just teaching you how to how to start drawing and seeing uh, perspective, dimension, tonality. Value values and and it just takes you it starts you out you know just baby steps and just takes you from a all the way to z and it's it's really really good now one thing too when you're getting books and shopping for art books when you're first reading these books if you are brand new to art they may seem really overwhelming and they may not Mm -hmm. make any sense to you if that is the case put the book down don't throw it away just put it down go back to drawing and a few months later, a year later, come back to that book because chances are oh, some excellent. of the stuff that made no sense to you before, all of a sudden you'll be like, oh, that's what they're talking about. I that's ran excellent. into this problem. Yeah. My next tip is really basic, and it's one that always drives my students crazy because I'll walk up and make them do this. Draw upside down. You make what them happened? get on their head or something? Yes, that is exactly oh, good, what I do. Good. Um, <laughs> no, but what happens is when you're drawing something, so often we think, I know what a tree looks like. I know what an eyeball looks like. I know what a nose. I know what hair. Yeah, I know what the these problem. things look like. Yeah, and you've got to start looking at the shapes that are actually there. So by flipping your reference photo and your drawing upside down, and this is I have mm-hmm. to stress to do both because I've had <laughs> students think that they only needed to flip one right, over. Right, right, right. But by flipping them over, you're tricking your brain into only seeing things as shapes. I mean, yeah, you know you're looking at an eye, but it doesn't really look like an eye anymore. You will notice so much more. And even to this day, when I'm drawing portraits or when I get towards the end of a portrait, I will almost always flip my work upside down either in Photoshop or on my easel and look at it there because you will notice so many things that you didn't notice that were off. makes a big difference, and it's so simple. Yeah, it does. Yeah, another one to that point is that if if you're using a, a physical uh, printout of of your uh, reference as well, just stand up, look into a mirror, and hold your reference yes. and your drawing in a mirror, and take a look at that, and look back and forth, um, and you'll see things that you didn't see otherwise. All right, so my next tip is spend more time looking at your reference than you do your drawing. So if you're only looking, if you're looking more often at your drawing than you are your reference, then you're going to get something wrong. That sounds counterintuitive sometimes to young artists or artists just starting out. But if you're looking more at your drawing than you are the reference, you're missing some things. So yeah. look, you're drawing from memory, essentially. Yeah, you memory. really are. So always look more more often at your reference than you do your actual drawing. It's that about, is you know, one of the things when I'm teaching, I will watch my students. Especially at the if beginning. They, if I don't see them, yeah, if I don't see them constantly looking at that reference, that's what yeah. one of the first things I'll call people out on. Yeah. When you get towards the end, then yeah, you've got to look at your own drawing a lot more. Yeah. But, oh, absolutely. But at the beginning, it's so critical, especially when you're worrying about um, perspective and dimensions and, and all of those things, you get them all in the, the right order and the right, well, with a face, I'm just thinking of, you know, make sure everything is lined up correctly, then you got to do that. So here's another tip. 
when you're trying to improve your accuracy or improve your art in general, you need to be able to pinpoint exactly where you feel you need to improve on. So if you've drawn something and you can look at it and you're just saying, uh, it's not very good, it's not good enough, that's not helpful. That's not helping anybody. You're not really going to, to learn as much there as if you can sit there and go, okay, my nose is a little too far to the left. I've got the lines too heavy here. My eyes need to be a little bit smaller. I mean, being able to pinpoint anywhere where you need improvement makes a huge, huge difference because then you've got almost this roadmap of what you're going to look out for on your next drawing. You've got to be able to sit there and pinpoint it. And I don't mean to sit and beat yourself up about it because I've seen people do that as well where they just get so frustrated with everything and this is bad, this is wrong, this is bad. I don't mean that. I mean, you know, constructive criticism for yourself. Figure out what exactly is different from your work and your reference photo and watch for that on your next drawing. Really focus on that. Yeah, I love that. And sometimes you don't, you can't see it. You cannot see it. Mm-hmm. And so if you have a trusted friend, uh, particularly if they're an artist, send it over to them and say, hey, would you mind taking a look at this? Tell me what you see wrong, you know, because sometimes you just can't see it. Yeah. And honestly, turning it upside down may be the thing you need to do to help. One of the things that I like to do is put it up like I was talking about earlier. I load them into Photoshop and load both upside down. And I usually can just notice so many things. Mm -hmm. But being able to know and say, okay, you know what? Here's something that I I want my next drawing. I want the hair to be better. Take the time. Do a little bit of research before you start on the next one then. What about your hair doesn't look how you want it to? And if you do a Google search on anything, uh, you know, YouTube is going to give you some great tutorials. Watch how other artists are rendering the hair or Mm -hmm. whatever it is that you need to improve on. Having those little tips, that little map to let you know where to start from on your next project, it will really help you improve a lot faster than just being like, okay, I want to do better this time. What exactly do you want to do better on? Right, right. Uh, One last tip here that I had, and that is, I kind of did this uh, early on, and uh, I I do see people do this from time to time as well, and that is that you think, okay, I'm really going to challenge myself this time. You know, I am going to draw... Uh, I'm going to draw this mural by pencil and it's going to be, um, you know, the Mona Lisa and I'm going to make it look exactly like the Mona Lisa and better than any drawing I've ever seen. You know, you challenge yourself way too much and you think, well, that will really push me artistically and help me improve uh, really fast. I'll get some real quick gains by doing that. Actually, what you probably are going to do is just make yourself really, really sad and stressed out and worn out. It's really a quicker way to fail and not in a good way. Incremental changes are much better. And sometimes it's going backwards that will help quite a bit. Drawing shapes, especially for the face. If you start back with squares and circles and ovals and things like that, and then drawing uh, specific features of the face, the eyes, the nose, um, you know, independently. Yeah. Those kind of things and just sketching sometimes. It's a, a sometimes, lot less overwhelming to help. do it that way. Yeah. And, and you will actually improve uh, in some of those areas by just uh, isolating some of those features and drawing them uh, in that way. You get some quick wins under your belt like that, and it'll help quite a bit. Yeah. Now, I had something happen, uh, kind of a story along with my my next tips. I was drawing Italian Greyhound portraits, and I may have told you guys this story. I know I've made videos talking about it, but so I apologize if you've heard it. But there we I'm gonna go. Let me go anyway. get my Here tea. we go. Go get your tea. <laughs> when uh, sure. I want to say it Sounds was about... Sounds like a history lesson. <laughs> 
it was about eight or nine years ago, I was doing a lot of pet portraits. I would do Italian greyhounds and graphite for the most part, meaning that that's what I have or the breed of dog I have. So I remember looking through somebody else's art gallery. I knew that my work wasn't quite where I wanted it to be. It was a little, they were too soft. They were, they were more sketches while I was shading. They were, they didn't look realistic enough for me. So I came across somebody's, and I wish I remember who the artist was, but I came across her website and she was working, I believe, in mostly in pastels and oils. And her these dogs, they looked like photographs. They were phenomenal. And it wasn't that I was looking at that going, I wish I was that good. Must be nice, because I know a lot of artists will do that too. It wasn't about putting myself down or wishful thinking or anything like that. It was, what's different about hers then than mine? What can I change to be more like her work? Because her work is what I wanted mine to look like. I just didn't know how to get there. So I spent, I mean, hours looking at her work, looking at the way she did the brush strokes on the fur, looking at the way that she did her lighting. I really compared myself to her. And I know that so many artists will say, never compare yourself to another artist. You know what? If you want to get better, you're going to need to do that. But in a constructive way, not mm-hmm. a, mm-hmm. you know, oh, I wish I was that good. I'm never going to be that good. That's not helpful. Then right. that's not what I did here. I sat there and thought, okay, what is different about hers? And this goes into my next thing that I changed. That same time, my next piece, I did, sorry, um, my next piece, I did another Italian Greyhound. And instead of spending my usual 45 minutes, this was graphite, so it moves along a lot faster. But instead of spending, you know, an hour or so, I spent eight hours. That was eight times more time spent on this than I normally would. So often people get to where they rush it. They want to get the initial sketching out. And for us colored pencil artists, the colored pencil part's the fun part. You want to get to that right away. So those who don't want to trace and want to freehand it, but then rush the freehanding, you're not helping yourself. You're not going Mm -hmm. to improve as fast because you're really just making the the same mistakes over and over again. Take the time, slow down, make sure that drawing is completely accurate before you ever start with a colored pencil because once that colored pencil hits the paper, you're not really going to be able to move the nose over or adjust the ear size or do a yeah, whole lot it's like that. extremely difficult to do. Yeah, yes. That's right. <laughs> you can make minor changes, but some those bigger ones are a lot harder to do. Right. So slow down, take the time to get it right before you ever start with your shading, before you ever hit that paper with a colored pencil. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Well, anything else, Lisa? No, I think we've... Well, well, I'm sure as soon as we stop recording, I'll think of more stuff. <laughs> yeah, make, a new, make a new video or a new podcast out of this. Right. All right. Well, as always, you can check out the show notes over there at sharpenedartist.com slash podcast. And if you would like to continue the discussion, you can head on over to Facebook and post your question there in the, pod, in the Colored Pencil Podcast group. And if you like the show, please consider leaving us a, uh, an honest review and or a rating, and we would really appreciate that. And I would like to end today with a quote, and this is a quote by Vincent Van Gogh, Van Gogh, Van Goof, just kidding. <laughs> the painter of the future will be a colorist in a way no one has been before. So we will see you guys again next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. All the show notes can be found at www.sharpenedartist.com. Um, you don't... I'm going to start that over because there's something yes, I'm trying to say. Yes, none of that was coming out right. No, it wasn't. <laughs> All right. Let me look at this particular angle. Oh, I wrote that. Okay. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Okay. When you are drawing something or you're getting started... No, wait. Sorry. Let me read this. Mm-hmm. <laughs>